On today's episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast, we're going to be talking about the 10 ideas, 10 ideas to make safety suck less, to make leadership suck less, to make most of what we seek to do in our organization suck just a bit less. Here we go. Support and so much more. Send us an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com, and be sure to follow along with us on all things social media at thehopnerd or at Sam Goodman. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thanks for tuning in again for the Hop Nerd Podcast. Thank you. It really means a ton to me. It really does. It means an absolute ton to know that you're there, that you're hanging out, that you're taking these concepts, these ideas, these conversations, that you're using them, that they're putting them to good use within your work worlds and beyond. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to hear the stories of how these concepts, these ideas, these approaches, how this stuff is making things better. And that's kind of why we do it, right? I mean, that's what we're passionate about is helping, is helping, is helping to make the work world that we live in just a bit better. Uh, none of us have the answers. None of us are going to solve all the problems. Uh, some of those problems are unsolvable. I <laughs> know uh, safety being one of those kind of things. It's just, we can't, but we can make things just a bit better. And it's always so great to hear. I get your emails, your DMs, all that stuff, the conversations that we have, the quick Zoom calls, Teams calls, WebEx calls, all those calls, all those calls, the quick text messages, all the stuff that you send me talking about how 10 Ideas is helping you to reshape what your work world looks like for the better, to help make things suck just a bit less. Happy Thanksgiving. I think that's probably the right place to start. It's what's past Thanksgiving now if you're listening to this, but we're past it. We're, we're here, and I hope that you had an amazing one. I, I hope that you had a blast. I hope that you ate way too much food, that you got to spend way too much time with the people that you love and care about. I hope that you just had way too much of all the good stuff and not so much of the bad. It's one of my most favorite times of the year. I got to say, it really is. I love fall. I do. I love fall. Fall is amazing. I love Halloween. I love Thanksgiving. I'm not crapping on Christmas. Uh, Christmas is great. I love Christmas. I like all holidays. I like just getting together with the people that I love and care about and spending time. I like cooking for people. Cooking for people is, uh, I think that's like my love language, my friendship love language. And uh, yeah, that's my love language. I like cooking for people. I love cooking. I love getting people together, making a nice meal, cracking open a bottle of wine, having some great conversations, eating well, having just great friendship and fellowship together. It's just awesome. I just love it. So any holiday that centers around a dinner table, and most of ours do, right? <laughs> I'm pretty much there for it. But there's something about the fall, just the season changes, the smell in the air changes. Even here in Arizona, you can tell the difference. Here in Arizona, Halloween is pretty much the, 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 the delineation point between hot and not so hot. So we have two seasons, hot as hell, not as hot. It's really kind of hot as hell or absolutely stunning and beautiful. So Halloween is about when that changes. So another reason to love Halloween, if you live in our wonderful Valley of the Sun here, 
that's when it kind of changes. So you've just gone through this brutal, horrific experience that is known as an Arizona summer. And I don't know, it seems brutal and horrific, I think, unless you live here. And then once you've been here for more than a hot minute, you start to realize that it's, you get used to it. You really do. I know people chuckle, and I even chuckle when I say that you get used to it. But you do. It's not that bad. And Halloween comes around, and there you are. You get all those amazing Halloween festivities. I love it. I just love Halloween. I love the costumes. I love the trick-or-treating. I just love it. We go all out at the house. We put up all the decorations. We do the whole thing. We do the jump scares. We do all the stuff that you that a good trick-or-treat house has. We tend to do that, including usually, if we can, it's, it's wild nowadays. Grocery prices are wild, but we try our best to do full-size candy bars. I don't want to be the many people. I, I want to I give the full-size candy bars when we can. We try our best. Okay, we try our best. We usually have some backup miniature candy bars. But another reason I love Halloween, tons and tons of, like, the best, the best candy. Tons and tons of amazing costumes. And, again, back to spending time together. We usually get a bunch of friends together. We all hang out at the house. We just, we just have a great time. The kids have a blast. Everybody has a blast. It's awesome. And the weather's cooling down here in Arizona. Then you go right into... That kind of fall Thanksgiving kind of season. And I'm not going to say that I hate it because I love it. Pumpkin spice. I know it's a love or hate thing, but I love it. I love it. Like a good pumpkin roll with that cream cheese stuff in the middle. That cream cheese. How can you go wrong with that? I mean, you know my coffee. I'm usually a cold brew, black cold brew, super strong, like set your hair on fire kind of coffee. But every now and again, a pumpkin spice latte. I've just got to tell you, it's, it hits the spot. It absolutely hits the spot. So I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a wonderful Halloween. I don't know that I got to say that to you before because I got so pumped about Halloween, I probably forgot to say it. But I hope that you had an amazing time. And I hope, I hope that your Christmas decorations are still in their box. It's not Christmas yet. It's not time yet. Calm down. Calm down with all this Christmas crap. Give it at least another week and then put up your tree. Then I can't wait for that. So I hope that you have a great holiday season, I guess, all together. As you move towards Christmas, I hope that the, that, that day is just magical for you. I know that it will be here for us. We have a nine-year-old. That's the best. That's the best, right? When you got the kid and you've got the kids there and you're just having fun. They're just the look on their face. It's better than taking them to Disneyland. I mean, it, it's amazing. Not to, not, to, not to crap on Disney either. Disney's pretty great. We've been there, done that. But that Christmas morning thing, just the look in their eyes, it's it's just awesome. So I hope things are going well for you. I hope that you've had an amazing holiday season. I hope, 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 hope that you're having fun. And I just hope that you have an amazing rest of 2023. It is 2023, right? Yeah, as we get ready to move into 2024. I will tell you that 2024, my calendar is already starting to fill up. So if you need a hand... Let me know. I want to come help you. I most certainly do. That's like my most favoritist thing to do is to get to come spend time with you and your folks and talk human and organizational performance, talk hot fundamentals, talk learning teams, learning teams, coaching and consulting and facilitation and just kind of helping you with your safety strategies and making stuff suck a bit less, helping you with critical risk management and all the above. You know what I'm here for. You know that I love it. I would love to come help you with it. Just send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. You can head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. And uh, you can book a console. You can get in contact. You can check out all the books, all the other stuff that we offer over there. We also have a pretty sweet merch shop, if I do say so myself. So if you're into all this kind of stuff, you can get a cool T-shirt that says you're into kind of all this sort of stuff. You can get cool journal books that say that you're into all this kind of sort of stuff, some pretty slick stickers and stuff, too. And if you're just a huge fan of the show and you want to show some love and support of the Hot Nerd Podcast, you can just pick up some hats and some T-shirts and some stuff with the logo. Again, that just helps us an absolute ton. Make sure that you're following along 
going on all things social media, back to stuff that doesn't cost you very much at all, other than maybe a click, a little a little click on your mouse there, but it helps us more than you could ever, 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 ever imagine. Now today, what I wanted to talk about kind of quickly, because I don't know, it just doesn't take too much time, but I want to talk about 10 ideas. 10 ideas to make safety suck a bit less. You know, the book, the book's out there. If you want to check out the book, you can find it on Amazon. We've got tons and tons and tons of great feedback on this book. It's funny because every organization that I tend to go to, I see copies of this book and I see copies of the original Safety Sucks book. What has been told to me is a cult classic now. (laughs) I think at this point, you either love it or you hate it. It's the definition of a cult classic, right? It's either the crappiest thing you've ever read or you keep it like on your shelf in full display. Like there's, 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 there's no in between with the uh, the original Safety Sucks book. And I shared this story quite a bit that as I wrote that first Safety Sucks book, and even as I wrote 10 ideas, you know, I never in a million years imagined that one could write a book that says safety sucks, exclamation point. And then a bunch of safety folks would welcome you and invite you and drag you to come spend time talking to them. I guess that means that it resonated a bit. I think that it does. And there's some really great work happening out there around more of that vein of that original Safety Sucks book around the OHS profession that's kind of happening out there. There's a lot of folks writing a lot of good stuff and spending a lot of good time doing a lot of good work and doing it for the right reasons on how we can better our profession and how we can better care for our safety practitioners. So it's good. It's great. It's amazing to see all that stuff happening. But on to uh, the 10 ideas. If you're not familiar with the 10 ideas, we can talk about them kind of quickly. And the first one is to start from a place of trust. Then we move to do things with people. Then we move to learn deliberately and often from those that GSD. Then we understand that pain points are starting points. We talk about becoming obsessed with the things that actually matter. The next is more tools, less rules. Then it's stop trying to comply or punish your way to excellence. The next is redefine safe. The next is give up on safety fortune telling. And the next is embrace humanity. The entire intent around these 10 ideas, and in the book you see this, and you can download a bunch of this stuff for free over at thehopner.com under resources as well. We give practical things that you can just go out and kind of work on or change. I, I never proclaim that I have all the answers, but I have a decent idea, I think, on where we need to start and maybe some of the ideas that we need to start with. And that's exactly what these things are. They're just ideas. They're thoughts. They're things that we can start with, actionable ideas that we can take forward into our organization. Like starting from a place of trust. It's shifting our views within our organization around that trust thing. Rather than starting from the so normal place that we usually start from of not trusting our employees, right? We spend tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of cash, thousands of dollars per hire, thousands upon thousands of dollars per hire, people that we bring into our organizations, right? The people that send us their resumes through LinkedIn and we hire them. We spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars making sure that we're hiring from the right pool, spending thousands of dollars making sure that once we get that subset of applications that we sort through those things meticulously, that we poke and that we prod and that we test. And all of these things, all of these things, all the way down to pulling blood out of people, all the way, literally, like literally, right, blood tests, all the way down to psychological examinations and health examinations and on and on and on and on, all in this exercise. It's an exercise to really, at the heart of it all, determine if we can trust this person, right? Technical competency, all those different things, it all wraps up under that. We can trust you to do this job. It's a trust thing. 
And then as soon as we bring them into their organizations, we say, ah, no, we don't trust you. (laughs) We'd start from a position of distrust. This whole idea is that we need to move that. Trust needs to be our organization's neutral position. It needs to be the neutral part. It's this understanding that if our desire is to, to receive trust up through our organizations, and that is something that every organization that I've ever spent time with ever is always constantly asking for, but that's about it. Uh, that's how we seek trust in organizations. We ask people to trust us. A lot of times we demand that people trust us. We'll do some wacky stuff saying like, we rip the doors off the offices so everything's fully transparent. You can walk in and talk to leaders anytime that you want to see trust us. Hey, we printed these things on, on these big fancy pants poster boards and stuck them on the wall. This is all pretty much say, you should trust us. But we never actually extend a trust. And that's how you receive trust. If I walked up to you on the street and you didn't know me from some random stranger and I said, hey, I know you don't know me that well. well. You might not know me at all, but you know what you should really do? You should really, really, really trust me. Pretty please. Come on. You should trust me. Come on, trust me. Come on, trust me. What's the one thing that you're not going to do? The one thing that you're not going to do is freaking trust me. And rightfully so. If anything, you're going to be checking your pockets. Right? Okay, I got my wallet. I got my watch. Uh, okay, I've got that loose change. I've got my, that little stub from the parking garage. Uh, okay, he didn't steal anything. And rightfully so. That's because that's not how you receive trust. Begging for trust often tells us as people that we should not trust you. There's a reason why you think that you need to beg me for it. If we want to receive trust up through our organizations, we must first be willing to extend trust throughout our organizations. And we need to recognize that by doing so, we're crafting that environment. We're creating that environment in which honesty is possible, in which deep operational learning is possible. By doing stuff with our employees, right? And insert... Um, warning here that this is a sarcastic statement, (laughs) but here comes a healthy dose of sarcasm. Our favorite thing as people is when other people try to do crap to us with little to no input from us and whether we like it or not, because those other people think they know what's best for us. Um, No, that's like the exact opposite of our favorite thing as people. Like we actually probably hate that in the strongest sense of that word. We have to reframe that experience. Safety in particular, but so much more, but especially safety from something that we tried to do to other people. And then we'll usually evolve that into something that, you know, we need to do that for people. What we really need to be focused on is doing it together. We need to do that with people. By learning deliberately and often from those that GSD, my favorite acronym on the planet, those that get shit done. By being curious, by seeking to understand, and by going out and learning deliberately, and often and on purpose, from those that actually do the work, from those that get shift, shit done. Operational intelligence, operational reality lives nearest to the work. And you know exactly what I mean when I say that. Operational reality lives nearest to the work. It's this. It's that person that's out there in your organization, and you're going to see somebody come to mind when I say this, or some similar situation, maybe not as wacky as this, but you, you know, you're going to see this. You're going to see this in your mind's eye. That person that's out there, that person that you know, that is nearest to the work, that can tell you that when that pump starts making that particular noise, you got to turn it on and off twice really fast. Then you got to hit it with a ball peen hammer, ball inside once, just a quick peck. And then you got to kick it and spit on it twice, and it turns back on and starts working right. That's operational intelligence. That's where it lives. It's nearest to the work. It's seeking that out deliberately, often, and on purpose. It's by viewing pain points as starting points because we know we know what pain is. Pain is a signal, right? Pain in our work world is not all that much different than why our bodies experience pain. It's a signal. It's telling us that something has gone wrong, that something is going wrong, 
that something uh, is not working or will stop working very soon, and that there, if we don't do something, there's a pretty good chance, a high likelihood of greater trouble on the horizon. Pain points in our organizations often sound like that thing never works right. I don't know why in the hell we. It's so dumb when we have to. It's just stupid that I've got to. And on. I, I, I need and I can't get. And on and on and on and on. It's really sketchy when I have to. And on. The whole point here is that pain points are starting points. They're your opportunity to dig deep and actually create improvement pre-something bad happening. Pain points are signals of what we talk about. So much of those kind of weaker signals, at least, of failure happening. It's your chance to do something about that. By becoming obsessed with the things that actually matter. It's this idea that we'll never stop killing and maiming workers by overly focusing on the things that don't kill and maim workers. Although we spend a lot of time focusing on the crap that doesn't kill people, right? We spend a lot of time reducing lower level events within our organizations, but the things that hurt us, there's usually not the things. It's typically not the things that kill us. And we shouldn't give up that work that we've done reducing lower level stuff. Like that's really good work that we've done for the right reasons. That's definitely good stuff. We have to become obsessed with the things that actually matter. The stuff that actually kills and the stuff that actually maims people, the stuff that significantly hurts people, we have to become obsessed with critical risk and life-saving controls, safeguards. It's because robust and air-tolerant controls, they're not going to stop that next set of sutures. They're not. They're probably not. They're not going to stop that next bump, that, that next scrape. They're not going to stop me from walking through your facility and tripping over thin air because I'm really good at it and breaking my leg and getting you that next recordable lost time something. They're just not going to stop any of that stuff. But controls, controls save lives. More tools, less rules. We have to give people the tools that they need to get stuff done. It's really this. It's really this. It's this understanding that a lot of the crap that we call tools aren't actually tools. They're just more rules. And we need to ask a better question. We understand that people have to constantly adapt their way through the work world that surrounds them, constantly managing this ever-changing, ever-evolving mixture of plans and policies and rules and procedures and headaches and problems and issues and setbacks and resource constraints and other people and the world. We need to ask a question that sounds more like how can we better help people adapt successfully through our complex and usually complicated work worlds? And the question needs to sound a whole lot less like, hey, were they following a rule? Hey, do we have a rule for that? Hey, do we need to write a new rule? It's about understanding that we will never comply or punish our way to operational excellence. And we have tried. <laughs> we have tried and tried and tried. We have, we have squeezed and squeezed on that. We have pulled that lever to the max and broken it off. And guess what? It's just not worked. It's just understanding that pain and punishment... They do a lot, just not what we'd hope for. That compliance does a lot. It just doesn't take us where we need to actually stop really catastrophic, horrific things from occurring within our work worlds. We simply cannot, no matter how hard we have tried or how hard we will try, comply or punish our way to operational excellence. It's by redefining safe, something that we talk so much about in this hop world, in this safety differently world, this defining safety as the presence of positives. Really, to me, it propels us towards a focus on what's meaningful. It moves us away from viewing safety as a number that we 
usually manage. Sometimes we manipulate and always, 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 always measure. Attempting the impossible task of ensuring the absence of negatives from our work worlds. And it moves us closer towards this idea of how do we make sure that we have all the right ingredients in place, high quality and functioning, to make sure that work can go well. How do we make sure that we have all the right ingredients for work to go well, even when work goes wrong? Because it's gonna. By thinking beyond our bias towards predict and prevent, as I so lovingly refer to as safety fortune telling, you guys know, I think prevention's pretty awesome. Prevention's great stuff. It's really great stuff. I mean, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful that you're already really amazing at it. Like, you're really, really, really good at it. Bad stuff generally doesn't happen in your organizations. Almost always you do safe and stable work. Prevention's great, and we shouldn't give up on prevention, but we really do have to kind of evolve our thinking beyond it. We shouldn't give it up, but we have to think beyond prevention because failure is not an if. Failure is a when. So rather than investing all of our brain power, all of our time, all of our resources into safety fortune telling, into predict and prevent everything, into when things do go wrong, asking how did we fail to prevent as our kind of sole and only question, our time should be invested, at least a chunk of it should be invested into focusing on designing systems of work that won't result in catastrophic outcomes when they fail. Because, again, they're going to fail. And last, and maybe most important of all, it's embracing the human element of our work world, embracing the humanity of our world, humanizing our approaches to leadership, to safety, to everything within our organizations, treating people as people, treating our employees as adults, embracing the human element of our organizations, embracing our employees and their humanity rather than trying to cure them of it. That's the 10 ideas in a nutshell. If you want to dig deeper into those, I would encourage you to go check out the book, 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less, available on Amazon. And if you've already checked it out and you liked it, you loved it, Make sure you give it to your friend. Make sure you encourage them to pick up a copy. Make sure you share some of your favorite parts on social media. Again, stuff that helps us a ton, helps us continue to spread this message. It helps a lot. And maybe if you hated it, maybe you re-gift it to an enemy. I don't know. That, that, it's a win-win, right? You love it, give it to somebody that you love. If you hated it, give it to somebody that you hate. There you go. <laughs> it works. It works for me. But that's 10 ideas to make safety suck less in a nutshell. If you want to go download some of these guides, some of these kind of concepts, the list, you can go download them completely for free over at thehopnerd.com. You can also, you can also, 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 also uh, request a quote for services. You can get into contact over there, or you can just send me a handy dandy email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. If you want me to come spend time with your organization talking about my most favorite thing to nerd out on, human and organization performance, doing things a bit differently, talking the 10 ideas, talking learning teams, talking talking hop, hop fundamentals, helping folks with learning, facilitating learning teams, coaching learning teams, general consulting. It's all available. You can go check out what I do over at the website. Make sure that you're following along on LinkedIn. Just search Sam Goodman. You'll see my ugly mug. Make sure you're also following along with the Hop Nerd LLC page. I'm working hard to pull together some more video stuff to try to get the YouTube content back active. You know it's been wild and crazy, and I greatly appreciate that. But I'm trying to build in some time to make sure that we're getting something that I'm super passionate about, free content, free resources, 
in the hands of folks that need it. I want you to use it. I want it to be valuable to you. If there's something in particular that you need that I don't provide, let me know. I'll see if we can come up with it. It's the hot nerd at gmail.com. That was the 10 ideas. Put them to good use. Thanks for listening, everybody. We greatly appreciate all of your support of the Hot Nerd Podcast, the Hot Nerd LLC. If you need a little bit of help of bringing human and organizational performance to life, if you would like to take your efforts around learning and improving to the next level, yep, I can help with that. Head over to www.thehotnerd.com or send me an email, thehotnerd at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, everybody. Bye.